Welcome to this Christmas message for Christmas 2022. We'd just like to wish you a wonderful time over this festive season and trusting God for a prosperous 2023. Amen. Before we read the word, I just want to pray briefly. Thank you, Lord, for your gift to us that we celebrate on this day. Thank you for your mercy every day. May we receive your gift into our heart, Lord, and make the most of it. In your mighty name, amen. This year, I'd like to read the account of God bringing the wonderful tidings of great joy to a handful of shepherds out in the countryside. More often than not, I've spoken about the wise men from the east, a story that's always and still does fascinate me. But this year I'd like to speak about these shepherds. And I'm going to raise a question to which I don't think I have the answer. But I have a few ideas which I think we can think about. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told them. Praise the Lord. Now, there's a question about this whole thing that puzzles me. And I can't say that I've got the answer. But I'm going to put it out there so that we can be like Mary, perhaps, and just ponder these things in our hearts. The question is, very simply, what was God trying to do? What was he thinking about? Now, let me explain. We know that it was a momentous occasion. There's no doubt about it. The advent of Christ on the earth, changing the course of history, and indeed the whole universe. But why did God go to such inordinate lengths. Now, we see in the story that these shepherds are minding their business. 
I don't know how many there were. The Bible doesn't say. But how many shepherds would a small village like Bethlehem have? 20? Probably at the most 30. But let's just say a handful. A handful of shepherds minding their business while minding the sheep out in the countryside. These people are seemingly insignificant. And yet God puts on a massive display. First of all, an angel appears to them, of all people. Do not be afraid, behold, I bring you good tidings. Okay. The glory of God shines around them, and obviously they're terrified. Any one of us would be. But God doesn't leave it at that. Having told them this message, I would have thought for a handful of shepherds that would have been enough. No, no, not with God. Suddenly the whole heavens light up. The whole host of angels, complete with music, praising, a spectacular sight. A spectacular sight. Witnessed by a handful. And not just a handful of people, a handful of shepherds. I get the feeling that in that day and age, being a shepherd was a very menial task. Probably didn't even own the sheep. Perhaps that's the point. But you see, the whole heavens were lit up. It was a spectacular event. Last year when the new year came in, London went to town with fireworks and lighting. They literally lit up the whole sky with holograms using drones and heaven knows what else, lasers. But that was a spectacular performance. But we can understand that. I don't know whether they'll be able to afford it this year, but London is the home to anything around 7 million people at any given time. So in a sense, putting on a spectacular multi-million pound production in that location is quite understandable. There are lots of people to see it. This production would have put that to absolute shame by comparison. The whole sky lit up with angelic hosts singing by myself. And the total audience is probably seven or eight weary shepherds. <laughs> God doesn't do things the way you and I would. Very much like if a pop star wanted to premiere a new album. Our daughter lives next to an arena called O2. It can see 20,000 people. All covered, by the way. If you want to go bigger than that, there's always Wembley Stadium that seats 90,000 people. That's a lot of people. And I can imagine if one wants to put on a multi-million pound production that you're expecting to draw great crowds, that would be the place to do it. But here we have a spectacular production that puts any production any human being has ever done to complete shame, all for the sake of a handful of shepherds. Now my question is why? In the natural it doesn't make sense. Imagine a pop star or whatever putting on a great performance, spending all that money, but doing it out in the Karoo. 
to a handful of shepherds. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The natural mind, perhaps the angel pitches up, oh, there's only a few of you. Well, boys, this is the message. Get it around. I'm going back. Hold the show, sort of thing. No, not God. Not God. God puts on the spectacular anyway. And once again, my question is why? Why? Well, whether there were many people witnessing it or not, the fact of the matter is that the whole world knows about the event. The shepherds did what they were told. They didn't wait for night to end and then rush off to Bethlehem. They went immediately. But still, that still doesn't answer this question. Why? Perhaps the answer is in the nature of God. The truth is God is not moved by what moves us human beings. He's not moved by a crowd. He's not moved by popular persuasion, as it were. In fact, when he walked on the earth, if you recall, he told many people, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. He did the very opposite of what any advertising agency would have recommended if you want to make an impact. The very opposite. And yet, his impact is still felt throughout the globe and will forever. My point is, God's not on our level in a sense. He doesn't think the way we do. Perhaps that's the message. Perhaps that's the message. Perhaps we need to learn to think his way. I remember having coffee with a man who's into advertising. He knows how to manipulate the internet, etc. And he said to me, I'll build your church up to 2,000 for you, if you want. Just like that. And I've no doubt that he could have given it a good go. Don't know how successful he would have been or where he would have seated everybody. You understand. But I didn't get excited about it. Why? Well, you see, I know that's not God's way of doing things. But apart from that, let's think about why it is that God went to such great trouble, if you can call it that, even though all those who are watching probably amounted to no more than 20. I think a lot lies in the qualities of those 20. And this is just one of the thoughts that came to my mind. The fact is those shepherds were watching. They're watching their flocks by night. The rest of Israel was sound asleep, you see. But they were awake. And that just tells me that God's nature is to do great things for those who are watching. For those who are awake. Now, we're not talking about spending night after night not getting any sleep. I believe it's talking about being spiritually awake. I believe God is going to do great things, always has wanted to do great things, and especially this coming year. The world is weary with terrible troubles. How desperately, 
how desperately we need a visitation of Almighty God in great power. And I believe he will come. But who will see him come? That's the question. You see? And that's a theme throughout the word. Comes for those, and he's seen by those, apprehended, we please, by those who are watching. We think of the parable of the wise virgins, the wise and the foolish. The wise ones kept awake. They kept awake, you see. And I believe the message for us this Christmas time, despite all the wonderful things that happen, the message is to be awake. This year especially, keep our spirits awake. I can't get away from the wise men from the East. It's almost as if God was saying something in the fact that he appeared to these shepherds, perhaps at the lowest rung of society. But he also presented himself to the wealthy and the wise at the top end of the scale. By implication, God's available to everybody, you see. But notice something about these wise men, something they had in common with these shepherds. The wise men were seeking. The wise men were seeking. They were following something. They were looking for something. There was an expectancy. Now, in the day and age, you would have thought, well, if God's going to go to such lengths and present such an extravagant performance, the place to do it would be Jerusalem, the heavenly city, as it were, on earth. That's what we would have thought. If you're going to make a statement, make it where everybody is. That's where it all happens, in the temple. Put smoke in the temple again, so to speak. And yet no. And yet no. Jerusalem, in a sense, was asleep. Jerusalem was asleep. Those that were expected, those that were entrusted, those that had everything that would show them what was going to happen. The Old Testament spoke of his advent with incredible accuracy. The scribes and Pharisees were waiting for a Messiah. The time had come, as prophesied by Daniel. And even though they knew the time had come, somehow they were asleep. I'm sure there are a lot of other things we could say about this Advent. And I'm trusting that we'll ponder these things like Mary did. Ponder them in her heart. God's ways are not our ways, but his ways are wonderful. May we be awake, may we be seeking, and thank you, Father God, that you will reveal yourself to us. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Thank you.